So we continue with the story of Rosh Chodesh Nisan, the first day of the month of Nisan, when Nadav Naviu passed away. Their souls are burnt up in the fire before. Passed away is not the right word. Their souls elevated to Hashem in the state of Kalota Nefesh. They were in such a state of excitement. They came with a foreign fire that they had not been commanded to bring. They entered into the temple, to the golden altar with this fire, and their souls were burnt up. As we discussed yesterday, Hashem says to, or to Moshe, to uh, the other two brothers of Nadav Naviu, Elazar and Itamar, that even though normally, in regular circumstances, a priest, a Kohen, is allowed to become ritually impure, not allowed, it's a mitzvah, to go be there for your family, for one of the seven immediate relatives, that you become ritually defiled and you go be involved in their burial, only the Kohen Gadol is not allowed to become ritually impure. But since today you are in your initiation, today is the first day of your service and you are in a state of elevated holiness as you're being inaugurated into the service of the temple, you today are like Kohen Gadols, like high priests, and you too also should not uh, leave the holiness of the temple. You should not become ritually defiled in preparation of your brothers for, for a burial. You should remain here in the temple. Rather, he tells the sons of Uziel, the uncle of Aaron, Mishal and Al-Tzafon, and they come to take out the brothers from the temple. They are buried, and the party continues. Mishal and Al-Tzafon take away another Naviyu. That's their part of the celebration by cleaning up the, the, uh, the, the dead people, and the party continues. And that is what we're going to discuss about today, the aftermath of Nadav Naviyu's death and what continues to happen in the Mishkan on Rosh Chodesh Nisan. First of all, the Torah tells us, even though it probably did not happen at this very moment, but the Torah says it over here. And the Torah, as I mentioned yesterday, is speaking directly to Aaron. Hashem el Aharon One of the very few places, maybe the only place, where God speaks exclusively to Aaron, not to Moshe and Aaron. And he says to him, Be very careful that do not drink wine in a way that will lead you to be intoxicated. Neither you nor your sons when you enter into the tent of meeting or when you come to the altar so that you shall not die. And this will be an eternal statue for all of the priests that if you will enter into the temple or you will do any of the divine services, not only in the temple, but even if you go to the, to the Mizbeach and the courtyard, and you offer any of the blood or any of the sacrifices or any of the uh, avoda, the service of the temple, in the state of intoxication, you shall be put to death by Hashem for having, the, you know, for having not shown the proper respect and sanctity that a temple, the Mishkan, needs to have. You have to be very sober in order to differentiate from that which is holy and that which is mundane. The offerings you have to know what's holy, what's not holy, what was defiled, etc., what is pure, what is not pure. And to teach the Jewish people the laws that Hashem spoke in the hands of Moshe, you need to, you have to be in a state of awareness to be able to teach it. Uh, from here we learn also a, a teacher, a rabbi, can't teach when he's drunk, although the death sentence that Hashem will does not apply with only for a Kohen, that they can never enter in a state of uh, drunkenness or they will die before Hashem. Then we continue the story. So Moshe now says to Aaron, to Elazar, and to Itamar, the two other sons that are still alive. And he says to them, you have to eat from the offerings that Hashem has given today to be eaten. Now, normally, when a person loses an immediate relative, they are called an onain. What's an onain? An onain is like the worst or the most intense level of grief and mourning a person can experience. On the first day after a person dies, before the burial even, 
after burial, you're considered a mourner. But before the burial, you're not even considered a mourner. You're considered an oinin, which is, I don't know what the English word would be for it, it's a very, very high level of grieving and of inconsolable loss. Now, an onin is not allowed to eat from any of the meat of the offerings. So if a kohen is ritually pure, but they're an onin, they can't eat from the meat of the offerings. So therefore, Aaron and his sons might have thought that even though they were not allowed to leave the actual mishkan and to be involved in their brother's funeral, and they had to finish doing all the service, but they shouldn't eat from the offerings that were given. So Moshe comes and he says that since today is a celebration and we're keeping the party going, you should take from the mincha, from the flower offering that is left over from the fire offerings to Hashem, and you should eat it next to the mizbeach, because it is of a holy level, it has to be eaten inside the, ta- the tabernacle precincts, inside the Mishkan, in a state of holiness. Now, I should explain before I go any further. There were several different offerings that were brought on Rosh Chodesh Nisan. First was a daily offering in the morning brought by Moshe. Okay, that was burnt on the altar. Then we have the installation offering, the shlamim, the peace offering of Aaron and his sons. If you remember, they brought in the morning, they brought an ascent offering. They brought a sin offering, and they brought a, this, this miluim offering. In addition, they also brought animals for the people that were brought up. In addition to all of that, there was two other offerings that we have not yet mentioned. One was the offering of Nachshon ben Aminadav. Who's Nachshon ben Aminadav? That's true. He is the one that was the first one to enter the, the sea and split the sea. That's true. Who else was he? What was his official title? That's what he did. He was a prince of the tribe of Yehuda. If you remember, and we're going to learn, God willing, Pashas Naso, that on the first day of Rosh Chodesh Nisan, for the next 12 days of the month, every day a different prince of a different tribe came and brought a special inauguration offering in the Mishkan. And this kept the party going for another 12 days, where each day a different tribe came to officially celebrate the inauguration of the Mishkan. So who was the prince to bring it on the very first day? Nachshon, the prince of the tribe of Yehuda. So when Nachshon came and he brought up his entire offering, that included grain offerings, which were meant to be eaten by the priests. In addition, there's another offering, the Rosh Chodesh offering. We know that with every Rosh Chodesh, there's a Musaf offering, the additional offerings of Rosh Chodesh, which include a sin offering that's eaten by the priests on Rosh Chodesh. So after, I don't know which one came first, between the, the, the prince's offering and the Musaf offering, I'm going to guess the Musaf one was first, of Rosh Chodesh, but either way. So basically, after Nadav and Aviyah passed away, bringing the incense, and they're taken out, the offerings continue. So a Musaf offering for Rosh Chodesh are being brought now on the altar with meat that our and the sons need to eat. And in addition to that, there's the, 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 the uh, inauguration offering of the tribe of Yehuda. So Moshe says to them, the mincha offerings, here's what he says explicitly in the Torah. The mincha offering, which is the flower offering of the dedication offering of Nachsho from Trevi Yehuda, and there's flower offering that was together with the installation grid offering. Remember when the Meluim offering had 40 loaves of bread, remember? One loaf, so one loaf of each was burnt on the altar. You have 20, uh, 36 loaves of bread that still can be eaten by the priests. So those should be eaten. They are Kodesh, Kodesh, and they need to be eaten in a state of holiness. Etc. In addition, the chazeh nufa, the the uh, thigh, the breast, and the thigh that was used as a wave offering before Hashem. Remember that meluim, that wave offering. 
that uh, we talked about already, that Moshe put his hands on the arrows and they waved in all directions. So the rest of the animals like a peace offering. But that's fine, all that. You're the priests. You got to eat it. Uh, this is from the peace offering of the Jewish people. Remember, they were now the, today on the Rosh Chodesh, the Aaron and the sons, they now were the priests. So they brought on behalf of the Jews this peace offering that was way before Hashem. So the meat of a peace offering, as we've already discussed, is on a lower level of holiness. And therefore, this could be eaten anywhere in a state of holiness. It does not need to be eaten only in the actual courtyard of the Mishkan. And it could even be eaten not only by the sons of Aaron, but even by their daughters and by their family, by their children, by their wives, etc. But it's holy, you have to eat it. What? No, the, the, the peace offering, the milu'im means the installation offering. It's in the category of peace offerings. But it was unique to these days. After, this, after today, there's no more installation offerings. Okay, so now what happens? Moshe now does an investigation. And he finds out that the si'ir hachatas, the goat of the sin offering, was burnt. It was burnt. Now, which sin offering are we talking about? We're going to, I'm going to tell you now, ready to understand clearly, the sin offering of Rosh Chodesh. Sin offering of Rosh Chodesh. So even though they ate the flower offering of the Nachshim and others offering, and they ate from their sin offerings, the flower offering that they brought on them as Be'ach before, part of the installation offerings. And they ate from the meat of the peace offerings and all that. They ate all that. But the leftover meat, not the leftover, but the meat of the sin offering that was the regular monthly Rosh Chodesh offering, that sin offering, they did not, they did not eat from it. And because Aaron has said, we're in a state of, of, of owning, of great mourning, this should be burnt outside the camp. No one should eat from it. So it says the Torah, Darosh Darash Moshe. What does that mean? Darosh, he investigated. Darash, he investigated. He did a very thorough investigation. You can't make accusations before you ask the questions, before you investigate. So Moshe wanted to know, so he investigated, he asked a bunch of questions. Just a very interesting FYI piece of trivia. The very middle place of all the words of the Torah, if you divide, the, the Talmud tells us that if you divide all the words of the Torah into half, where is the midpoint of all the words of the Torah? Right in the words, exactly. Very good, very good. Right in between the word darosh and darash, which means the same thing. He expounded, he expounded. That's the very middle of the entire Torah, right between the words he expounded, he expounded, or he searched, he searched. You know what I'm saying? It's a lesson for us. You got to search into the, the middle of the Torah is to dig deeper and deeper and deeper to keep on learning more and more, you know, more into it. So he investigates and he finds out that it is burnt. So he gets angry. Moshe thinks that his command to them, based on what Hashem said they should eat from the, from the offerings, was being, uh, was being neglected. Okay. So Moshe asks about them. And he starts, I say, he starts to ask questions. So he says to them, why did you not eat from the sin offering of Rosh Chodesh? Was it perhaps not in a holy place? It's all in the text, but the, the text is very cryptic. The text is like super short. In the Hebrew, every few words, another question. Was it not in a holy place that it went out of the, the precincts of the Mishkan? And that's why to be burned because it was no longer holy. Or they said, no. So he said, maybe did you, uh, did you want to use sprinkle the blood on the altar instead of Aaron, the high priest? Because the sprinkling of the blood couldn't be done by a priest in a state of mourning. The command of Hashem was not that they should sprinkle blood in a state of onain, of mourning but that they should eat the animal, the sacrifices in a state of mourning. 
But the actual sprinkling of the blood could only be done by Aaron. Because Aaron, the high priest, he, to begin with, is not allowed to become ritually impure for an offer, for his family members. You understand what I'm saying? Or I'm going over your heads. Uh, the two sons, Elazar and Itamar, they should not be allowed to serve in the temple. They should be in a state of mourning, of grief. But Hashem said, since it's a special day of inauguration, you stay in the temple like a Kohen Gadol. But that was an extra stringency put upon them. And therefore, they were allowed to, they were commanded to eat from the offerings, but they were never commanded to bring the blood in a state of more grief. Aaron didn't have to be commanded. A high priest is never allowed to leave the temple for any reason. So therefore, Aaron should have been the one to sprinkle the blood because he was anyway allowed to sprinkle blood because he's a high priest. So Moshe asks the boys, Elazar and Isamar, were you the ones that sprinkled the blood and therefore of the sin offering of Rosh Chodesh and therefore invalidated the offering and that's why it was burnt? And they say, no, we didn't do it. Aaron did it. So uh, then he asks them, was it maybe brought into the inner sanctuary? We know, we discussed two weeks ago, there's the sin offerings that are usually all on the outer altar, and there's some rare exceptions, like on Yom Kippur, where the blood is brought inside the Mishkan and put on the actual golden altar. But you maybe bring it inside the sanctuary, which would have made it not uh, proper and ruined it. And they said no. So they, they, they're quiet. Actually, they didn't say no. They only said no before, then they're quiet. Now, why are they quiet? Because the Lazarus and the summer know that it, even if they could have answered Moshe, they have what to answer. But they didn't want to argue with their teacher. To argue with the teacher is a sin. They didn't want to argue with their teacher. On the other hand, and their father, Aaron, is standing there. So out of respect for their father, they shouldn't answer in front of their father either. So they're quiet. Now, Moshe really should have addressed Aaron. But out of respect for Aaron, it says speaking to Aaron, he spoke to the sons. But Aaron understands that when Moshe is speaking to his sons, he's not really speaking to his sons. He's speaking to Aaron. Who's in charge? The high priest, right? Aaron. But just speaking to the sons. So Aaron now responds to Moshe very harshly. And he says to Moshe, today we did everything exactly. Whatever you said to do, we did. We ate, we brought clothes to sin offerings, and the Ola sent offerings. Everything we did, we did. However, how if, however, I would have eaten the sin offering of Rosh Chodesh, that's today. That is not a unique offering for today, but it's a regular monthly offering that's brought every single month. And therefore, the not eating of the meat of the Rosh Chodesh offering does not take away from the celebration and the joy of all the other offerings. So the tribe of Yehuda, their offering was eaten. And the, the peace offering of the Jewish people, their offering was eaten. But this sin offering that's brought on a regular monthly basis, I would have eaten it today in a state of aninus, in a state of mourning. Would Hayita ve'ene Hashem would that have been pleasurable in the eyes of Hashem? Hashem's command to us was only about the unique offerings of the day. Hashem, in the in the instruction of Hashem to Moshe to Aaron, he didn't mention anything about the the regular monthly Rosh Chodesh offering, and therefore I deduced that the command is only for the unique offerings, not for the regular monthly offerings, which is meaning only those which are holy. For now, the unique offerings have a unique rule to be eaten in the state of aninus, of mourning. But that which is a regular offering, I didn't understand that there was the, the law was superseding the regular laws. Anyway, here comes a very beautiful verse. Very beautiful verse. It's four words long. But that's not why it's beautiful. What does the verse say? And Moshe heard. 
Meaning Moshe was willing to accept that someone else had a better theory, a better argument than his argument. That Aaron perhaps understood the command of God better than he did. And it made him, it was pleasing in his eyes. Meaning he was willing to concede and to acknowledge to Aaron that what you said is correct. Even though Moshe is the guy in charge, he's the head honcho, he's the rabbi, he's the, he's the Moshe. He's the one giving God instructions to Aaron. So Moshe could have said to Aaron, you know, I'm the one who heard it from Hashem, not you, you only heard it from me. But nevertheless, Moshe was a very humble person. And therefore, by Yishma Moshe, Moshe was able to hear and to accept that someone else understood the law of Hashem better than him. Not only did he understand and recognize it, it was good in his eyes. He was happy that his student, Aaron, was correct and he was willing to acknowledge it, to concede and say that what you did was the correct thing and I accept it. Okay? The reason why did, well, one more thing. Why did Moshe not realize that on his own? Why did Moshe not on his own understand that this is what Hashem would have wanted? That when Hashem gave a command to eat from the flower offerings and from the installation offerings and the peace offerings, all of those that were mentioned were all the unique offerings of the day and not the Rosh Chodesh offerings brought every month. How come only Aaron realized that and not Moshe? The reason is, if you go back to verse 16, what does it say? The Rosh Darash Moshe. Moshe expounded and he saw it was burnt. Vayiktsof al Elazar summer. He got angry. At Elazar Nisamar. He got angry. When you get angry, your judgment is clouded. Your ability to think clearly <clears throat> becomes impaired. You may be a genius. You may be Moshe Rabbeinu. You may be the smartest man around. But once you're angry, you're not the smartest guy around anymore. You lose that because you got angry. Because Moshe got angry when he found out that the sin offering of the Rosh Hashanah had been burned, since he got angry, he couldn't think through the command of Hashem clearly to understand what should be the right halacha. However, to Moshe's credit, once he heard what Aaron said, well, Yishma, he listened. He didn't remain. You know, some people get angry and then they, they don't give up, right? I'm angry and I'll stay angry for a year later, a week later. I'm still, I'm still not, you know, still angry at you. Right away, he heard and he accepted it and it was good in his eyes. Okay.